Are you a podcaster or a future podcaster? Then you should know about Acast. The world's best podcasters work with Acast, including the one you're listening to right now. And anyone can join and start podcasting with us. It's easy. We have everything you need to host and grow your show and share it across every podcast app out there. You know what else? You can make money from it too. Visit acast.com forward slash hosting to find out more and get started for free. Acast, for the stories. I once had a dream. A dream where I had eyes but I could not see. A dream where I had ears but I could not hear. A dream where I had a voice but I could not speak. I had hands they could touch, feel and grasp. They led me through the fearful meander my mind took me on that night. I walked down corridors with my hands outstretched slowly, feeling my way around corners and chairs, all wishing to do me harm. I felt the shoulders, faces, shirt buttons and scarfs of the people who looked on without helping. Too afraid to help, too busy to care. For what seemed like hours I navigated this nightmare, always scared, always frightened, always vulnerable. Then I woke up. The nightmare was gone. The fear was gone. Never again did I have to experience the fear. I was awoken naturally. I did not require the help of Anne Sullivan. In Feeding Hills, Massachusetts, in 1866, a child was born. Her name was Anne Sullivan. Anne was the daughter of two Irish immigrants, Thomas and Alice, who had fled the tyranny of evil as children during the famine years in Ireland. Anne was one of five children Thomas and Alice brought into the world together. She was, however, one of only three who survived infancy. The home which Anne grew up in was not one of plenty. Her parents had escaped extreme poverty and were now in a better place, but still in a struggle. Anne and her siblings grew up hungry as meals came through the door as and when available rather than when required. At the age of five, Anne began to struggle with health difficulties. She contracted a disease known as trachoma, a disease which causes the inner surface of your eyelids to turn rough and begin a lifelong scraping of the eyes. Every blink of the eyes brings the person suffering one second closer to blindness. As Anne's sight began to decline, so too did her mother's health. Alice suffered from tuberculosis. 
compile the issue, Alice also took a tumble, badly injuring herself in a very serious fall, and just as Anne was turning eight, her mother passed away. Thomas was left alone with his young family. As Anne and her siblings looked to him for support and care in their youth, Thomas was suffering from grief over the loss of his wife. Struggling with the difficulties of life, Thomas began to become verbally and physically abusive towards his children. It was at this point in her life that Anne developed a steel-like determination. She challenged Thomas. They often argued over how the siblings should be raised and his attitude and abuse towards them. One night, after another clash with Anne, Thomas left the family never to return again. Anne's sister was sent to live with relatives. Anne, aged 10, and her brother Jimmy suffered the fate of the poor, lost, unwanted children. They were sent by the state to Tewkesbury Almshouse. In the place they called a home for poor children, Anne continued to slowly turn blind. I wish there was more I could tell you about young Jimmy. I wish I could tell you he grew up to become a man of influence. I wish I could tell you he grew up to become a man who raised his own family better than his father did. I wish I could tell you he grew up to become a man who struggled no more. I wish I could tell you he grew up. Instead, the tale I bring to your ears of young Jimmy is not one of joy. Four months after his arrival to the home, Jimmy died of tuberculosis. Anne was now alone in the overcrowded, overrun and abusive place she was told to call home. The children of this home were referred to as inmates. In the years since Anne's time there, there have been reports of some horrific aspects of humanity taking place in the home. Everything from the sexual abuse of children to cannibalism. For some of us, a situation like this would break us and force us to retreat into ourselves. Not for Anne. Anne began to seek out ways she could get out of the home and perhaps have a chance at life. Desperate to not become a statistic, she looked for any opportunity she could. Turning weakness into strength, Anne discovered a school called Perkins School for the Blind. A school where she could escape to given her condition. Anne knew education had the potential to liberate and she waited for her chance to escape. 
One day, word came round the home that all the children were to prepare themselves for a special visit. They were to present themselves in their best clothes to be clean and to be polite. They formed a corridor of children in the halls as a special commission came to inspect the school. As they walked through the halls observing the conditions of the children, Anne stepped out of line and approached them. Those who ran the home stood stunned and embarrassed by this disobedient child who had gone rogue. Throwing caution to the wind, Anne explained to the group how she was going blind and may very well benefit from going to a school for the blind where she could be educated by those familiar with her circumstances. No protest was made and Anne was sent to the school. In her early days at the school, her sight was inspected so that the teachers could understand her eyesight levels better. It was decided that surgery wouldn't save her vision, but it could improve it slightly. After the surgery, Anne returned to the school to begin life like all the other children. The other children were deemed normal. They came from normal homes, had normal habits and acted normal. Anne was from a broken home where she was elected parent by default aged just 10. She had bid one sibling farewell and buried another before her teenage years. Anne was a lot rougher and life-beaten than the other children. They were used to school. This was Anne's first attempt at it. She lacked social graces and general knowledge built through the learnings at school. She also had a very short fuse which led to dynamite. The smallest issue would lead her temper to become her personality. She challenged all the rules of school and saw teachers as authorities worth fighting. The school persisted with her, however, as Anne instantly showed she was very bright and capable of great intellect. No sums or questions were too great for her and she excelled academically. This gave Anne an enormous sense of self-worth and she began to settle. She never enjoyed school, but she understood its worth. After some years, she had developed a group of close friends, some of whom were teachers who enjoyed Anne's company. The main reason for this was, although she was young, Anne could take highly complex issues, understand them fully, develop her own point of view on them and articulate this easily. She had the unique ability to easily meet the level of understanding and education of the person she was speaking to.
In 1886, Anne was chosen by her peers to be the valedictorian of her class. In her speech addressing those she had learnt beside, Anne stated the following. Duty bids us to go forth into active life. Let us go cheerfully, hopefully and earnestly and set ourselves to find our special part. When we have found it, willingly and faithfully perform it. For every obstacle we overcome, every success we achieve, tends to bring man closer to God. When school ended, Anne was forced to face the realities of life and get a job. The school's director, a man called Michael Anagus, was approached by Anne to help her find work. Work suitable for somebody who was going blind. Around the same time Anne approached Michael, so too had the Keller family from Alabama. They were searching the country for somebody who could be the governess for their daughter Helen. They wanted someone who understood and was sympathetic to Helen's issues. Helen Keller was born in 1880. For the first 19 months of her life, she was just like all the other children. After that point, however, Helen's eyesight and hearing began to fade. By the age of seven, unable to see or hear, living in dark silence, Helen was able to communicate through 60 hand movements her family recognised for words. Simple things like how to ask for food or water or how to indicate tiredness. Michael quickly decided that this might be the best role for Anne, as she had the communicative skills, the intelligence and the understanding to manage Helen's day-to-day -day needs. On March 3rd, 1887, Anne walked into Helen's life. On her first day on the job, Anne was nearly fired for arguing with Helen's family over their wealth having been achieved through the ownership of slaves. As the argument broke out and continued, Anne's concentration was never taken away from Helen. As she argued, she continued to feed Helen, give her water and even walked her to the window to feel the breeze on her skin. Helen's family were so impressed that she could be both furiously aggressive and perfectly calm and caring at the same time that they decided not to fire her. Anne spent all her days caring for Helen and easing her frustration when she was being misunderstood. Anne, being as determined as she was, thought that there must be a way that Helen can learn so that she doesn't spend her life in a daily struggle of trying to simply be understood. 
She also felt that Helen had a personality which was being hidden by her issues. Anne realised that Helen had no real concept of words and their purpose. She wanted her to understand how words she had never heard work in order to discuss things she had never seen. It started simply. Anne took Helen to the sink and poured water over her own hands. She then turned her hand over and in the palm of Helen's hand she wrote the letter W with her finger. She repeated this over and over again. She then began to introduce the letters A, T, E and R after some time. Soon Helen understood that water was spelt W-A-T-E-R. When she understood what the word was, Anne moved Helen's arms and showed her how one might use sign language to ask for water. Every time Helen repeated the movements asking for water, Anne handed her a glass. This continued and soon, over a long period, Anne had taught Helen over 600 words and she was now able to construct sentences. Within a matter of months, not only could she communicate through sign language, but Anne had also taught Helen how to read Braille using a similar method. Helen could now also understand words by placing her hands on Anne's face and feeling it as she talked. She began to recognise the shapes of words as she spoke. Soon after, Anne began to teach Helen how to do maths and gain an understanding for some sciences so she could understand the world better. After making incredible progress, Anne decided to write to her old school to request that Helen attend in order to learn like the other children. Whilst she was blind and deaf, all she needed was to be educated like the blind children, and now she had words, she had language, she finally had the ability to express herself and communicate. The school agreed on the condition that Anne accompany her to ensure she was learning as required. Anne of course agreed, and for the first time in her life, Helen was treated like all the other children. Helen's story began to spread across America, as did Anne's. Anne was praised as the woman who taught the dumb to speak and led the blind to see. Whilst in the school, Helen's family's finances began to take a hit and it looked as though they would no longer be able to continue Helen's education or to keep Anne working with her. Inspired by the story and when hearing of the financial issues, some wealthy people contacted Anne through the school and offered to pay for Helen's schooling and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. 
As they worked together, Anne and Helen became great friends. Anne's eyesight dwindling all the time. Anne spent hours writing words into Helen's hand and carefully covering every topic the school taught. By the end of her schooling, Helen was elected by her peers to give the final speech on their behalf, as Anne had done herself. From the stage, Helen signed her words and Anne translated. Helen also wowed the school by speaking. Anne had given her a voice. It wasn't clear, but it was words. After her graduation, with Anne's help, Helen Keller went on to write 14 books, give inspirational speeches to the nation, and write articles and essays in publications on topics ranging from the activities of animals to her views on politics. As for Anne, she remained with Helen for most of the remainder of her life. She married a man called John Macy in 1906, but they had separated by 1914. As the years went on and Anne and Helen toured America, Anne's eyesight began to finally give up and by 1935 she was entirely blind in both eyes. The following year, Anne had a coronary thrombosis and fell into a coma. Five days later, she passed away. As she left the earth, her dear friend Helen was holding her hand, providing comfort. Anne was cremated and her ashes were placed in the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. as a mark of respect for her remarkable work with Helen. In 1968, when Helen passed away, her ashes were placed next to Anne's. I leave you now, but before I do, I invite you to listen to the voices of both Anne and Helen. After her seventh lesson, she was able to speak the sentence word by word. I am not dumb now. Today's music was written, performed and produced by myself, Ryan O'Halloran. The story was researched and scripted by Oren. If you want to help support this podcast, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash we the Irish or leave us a review on your podcast app. Ryan is an and done.
Are you a podcaster or a future podcaster? Then you should know about Acast. The world's best podcasters work with Acast, including the one you're listening to right now. And anyone can join and start podcasting with us. It's easy. We have everything you need to host and grow your show and share it across every podcast app out there. You know what else? You can make money from it too. Visit acast.com forward slash hosting to find out more and get started for free. Acast for the stories.